what we're talking about is really our community or being planted in a family of believers. We're talking about what are our values, what is important to us, and what, what are we doing and how well are we doing. We talked for a couple weeks about this whole thing, Grow Together, about the formation of the value of biblical community where we are a family and when anyone comes in here, they're not coming to just a meeting, they're coming into a family. Last time we talked about the second one, which was pursue his presence. And I want to pick up on that again this weekend. We all know that when God created his people on the earth in his image, that he always wanted to be close. Not a distant God far away, but personal, genuine, and real. We know that the first couple, Mr. Adam and Miss Eve, decided to push back from the presence of God. So one day, we learn in Exodus 25, 8, that God decided he was going to do something differently, and he said, now build me a holy sanctuary so I can live right there. So as we kind of thumb through the Bible, we find out that God decides to, the people respond by building a tabernacle, and as they travel, they have a tabernacle, and God dwells there. What is perhaps quite significant is that Solomon builds this like incredible temple and you'll notice here that uh, it's a pretty big deal and pretty, uh, pretty expensive. And then uh, the next one, we read in the Bible about an outer court of how they, they would meet. In fact, the church would meet here. And then this area right over here was the holy place and then back here, was the Holy of Holies. So, in the Holy of Holies, you'll recall that there was this Ark of the Covenant. Two figures of cherubim, angels, kind of looking down. And right here in this particular place, there is this awesome, holy fire that glowed and burned. Now, in our eyes, we see a fire like, like burning things up, but this is, like, this is like God, okay? And this was a mercy seat uh, where the high priest would come in once a year, and you'll recall, offer the blood sacrifice for all the people, and they'd be forgiven, by the way, there's an immense uh, veil that separated all the regular people from the one person, the high priest. 
Right there on the mercy seat, there is what is called the Shekinah. Say that name, Shekinah. And the Shekinah is the very presence or face. It's interesting to learn that in the Hebrew, when you go to the word presence, that it also is described as face. Indicative that they were not meeting with God like this, but there, it was like, hey, God is there with us. It's the reason in Psalm 27, verse 8, where David says, my heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek in essence, he was saying, your presence I seek. Or there was the pursuing of the presence of Almighty God. Now, we're, we're not really, you know when you have something, you're not aware what it's like when you don't have it. And most of us have been grown, we've grown up understanding a bit of Jesus' coming but we need to kind of dial in on this a little more because it's a pretty, pretty impressive thing that happened in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse number 19. <clears throat> and you can pull out your Bible and follow. Everybody here? Yeah. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain or through the veil into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, and let's read the next few lines together. Let us go right into the presence with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood. Now, you may be a guest and you wonder the blood of Jesus made this possible. The animal sacrifice under the old covenant made it possible for forgiveness of sin. But it's amazing and supernatural. And none of us can like figure that out with our educated minds and our Western thinking. How the blood of Jesus, when it was shed, it had power so now, rather than being like the high priest where they, they would go in like this, with so, fear, so much fear like, I could die. Like, oh my God. And they actually went in scared. Now I hope no one came in here scared like, oh my God, I could die when Alice gets up. No. <laughs> but the, the incredible thing is this. I can't understand it. In fact, it doesn't go in line with my Western thinking. However, notwithstanding my limitations, what happened is real and true, that Jesus' blood 
made it possible for you and me to stop living on the other side of the veil, because the veil, in some sense, represents our sin, our guilt, our condemnation. But what are you saying here, ladies and gentlemen? The veil came down. And now, you don't have to go in with fear, and I, I don't know whether God is mad at me today, or I don't, I don't know whether he likes me today. I don't know whether he's in a good mood. As Bill Johnson says, he's always in a good mood. Thank you. So we come in because Jesus is our high priest. Now, under the new covenant, he is living inside of us, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. However, we constantly are entering into, says here, now you enter into, right in verse number 22, let us go right into the presence of God. And so, not only does he live in us, but there is this process that I am entering into the manifested presence of God. So that means, let's just say we are doing life and we are living each and every day. And we enter in. How do we enter in? Well, we know if we go to a big football game and there's 100,000 people there, well, you pay your ticket and you enter through the deal and you walk up there. But when you enter into the game, you'll find most of the people start into praise. And there's a great devotion for the team. And... Uh, when you have a great devotion for the team, and how many like football? Okay, four people. Okay, I'll go to basketball. But anyway, when you, if you've ever been to a game, the people are pretty pumped to kind of, they enter into like, yay. Well, we're entering into, not yay, but his presence. But we make a decision, and on this point, he's saying, your call if you want to enter into this presence. So we do that by praise. We do that by living Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, by him, Jesus, the high priest, let us offer continually the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving praise, giving thanks to his name. Now, the major problem you have and I have is most of the time, we don't feel like it. I have the right group here this month. We don't feel like it. Because maybe you're out cutting the grass or maybe you got so many problems, you just want to talk negatively and talk about your problems. And sometimes we feel better if we just tell everybody our problems and then they tell us their problems and then we go in our small group and then we all tell each other our problems and after a while we're all depressed. <laughs> However, this is a new and living way. We, we, went, we enter in in everyday life to simply praising the Lord. What does that look like? Well, it might be like this. Maybe in your mind, better to speak it out. 
Great is the Lord. Greatly do be praised. You can walk down to Walmart and you can get out of your, off your motorcycle and have four kids. Ferrants have five. And as you're walking, you can say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You can get up in the morning and you can say, good God, it's morning. Or you can say, good morning, God. I just praise you for your goodness today. Hallelujah, I praise you. So it's entering into this praise. It's entering into thanksgiving because thanksgiving is a form of praise where you look at what you have and you get in your car and you start the engine and you say, thank God, I have a car. Some didn't have a, don't have cars and most countries, they don't have cars. You're going to work, you say, thank God, I get to check in this morning, I got a job. You get up and you look at your wife and you say, good morning, Judy. You say, well, what do you say? It should be good. I'll give you a hint. It should be good. So, so, and what he is doing here, he's getting us off the focus of what we don't have, of what our problems are. Because when we begin to see what God is doing and who he is, we can decide by a new and living way entering in because we have the high priest and the blood has been shed through the curtain and that I don't have to live in guilt and condemnation and what happened yesterday. If I've come to him, I've asked for forgiveness. I'm living in grace. I can have joy in my heart and I can become a praiser and I can become a person that has faith in my heart and I don't walk around. Some people have a tendency to walk like this. And normally and often, your posture is an indication of your inward posture. Get your head back and say, what a beautiful day. God is good. <laughs> Hallelujah. And bless the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, when, when we take this on, it kind of changes our lives. You know, uh, I've had a mentor all, mentor all these years, and Dr. Crandall, who's been a university president of a Bible uh, school and pastored for many, many years in New York. And he's a little up in age now, and I have him pray over our church every Saturday night. I'll say... Dr. Crandall, how's it going? He'll say, well, I got this problem. He said, and before he finishes the one line, he says, praise God. I'm reading my Bible. God is good. I'm praying. I'm praying for you every day. I'm praying for the church every day. Now he has me into this process of praise God. I don't do this face-to-face, -face, but I have to be careful because somebody says, you know, they have a problem. You say, praise God. <laughs> That's not good either. And when I do that to Judy, it doesn't work there either. 
tells me a problem. that, praise God. That's great, Judy. See you around. Okay. So what we have to learn is to have an attitude of praising God and entering into his mighty manifested presence of God. Now, the presence of God envelops us, and in the middle of the presence of God, that's where the glory is. That's where the power is. And so when we enter in as a people like this kind of a meeting, and all of us decide, if we feel bad, we decide, well, this is going to be a sacrifice today. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to raise one hand anyway. And then if you get carried away, raise the other hand. And then if the momentum gets going, you can say, praise God. And after a while, it'll be, praise God. And then a little later, praise God. And after a while, you have a whole, a whole church saying, praise God. And after a while, the glory comes. And when the glory comes, that's when the supernatural happens. And everything changes. I like what Ruth Ward Heflin who was a great, great lady, she says this. She said, the atmosphere of earth is air, but the atmosphere of heaven is the glory. And the glory, when we begin to praise God, our sacrifice of praise then releases the manifested presence of God or the glory of God, and great things happen. As I was uh, working on this talk, I thought back uh, to something that happened to me when I was seven years old. My dad, being a pastor in Baltimore, and he invited this lady speaker, Louise Nankaville, to come to our church. And it's like wherever she showed up, there were like these healings. It wasn't long that our church on Parkside Drive and Harford Road was packed, and my dad got fired up and he said, we're going down and we're going to rent the Mount Vernon Theater. And it's where they had all their, uh, the well, theater. And so uh, I'm sitting in one of those little areas there. And the place is like packed with all these people and most of them from every place. I don't remember a lot about it, but I remember her standing up and speaking and every night, they brought more people on stretchers. And I kind of like watched and I said, oh, my God, what is that? And people would be healed, and they got off of their stretcher, and they were healed by the power of the Lord. Last week, we were talking about healings and mentioned something about a shoulder, and I got this report here from a person in, who was here in the meeting from Kyrgyzstan, and her name is Rano Ibra Jimava. That was perfect, Alex. 
she was, uh, she was in the service, and um, I mentioned the shoulder deal, and she said, all of a sudden, there was like heat in her shoulder, and she put her, her shoulder was totally healed. Uh, We have a nine, nine o'clock service, if you've ever been to one. And uh, someone came up and said, I was in the nine o'clock service, and I had sprained my ankle, and I was healed. And she mentioned something else, that she was healed. So uh, sickness can't stay here any longer. <laughs> Just imagine... Imagine what the Lord intends to do in our lives today at the 11 o'clock meeting. And I, I've just carried away with this thing of the glory of God. And I, I thought about Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 where it says, the glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former. And what that really means is God will do more. Now, he wants us to enter in a new and living way through the high priest and the blood of Jesus. And he wants us to do that by praise. And then the, the manifested glory of God will come. It's interesting, there's a verse couple of verses that I had intended to use, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, and I finished the talk here on Thursday night at about 11, and the next morning I woke up, it was like, I think 3.45, so I'm laying in bed, and it's like the Lord throws these verses up, I don't know whether you have verses that go up on the screen at 3.45, in your heart, but the screen comes up here in my heart, and he says, in this one verse, the next verse, where he says, basically, he says, put up the next verse, verse 18, and he said this all over and over, but we all, say that, but we all, he said, I always make a point of that, but we all, say it again, but we all, so the rookie is not excluded, or where you have been, or the person who knows a lot. He says, but we all. And the verse before this, he says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, is freedom. So the distinctive, as it relates to the next verse, is that in the glory, there is freedom because the Holy Spirit is moving. That's how you can tell. It's like if you look at grass, if it's healthy, it's green and there are no weeds. If you look at a tire and it has some, some uh, what do you call it? Has, it has tread on it, it means it's, it's healthy. And the same way, when we are spiritually moving forward and the Spirit of God is moving in and through us, we now have freedom. And that freedom then is connected to the next verse. It says, but we all. Say that. But we all. Say it like. But we all. Say it a little louder. But we all. But we all. 
He says, but we all, with unveiled face, in that chapter, the, the law is, is the veil, and he says, the veil is removed and Christ has, revealed, has, has removed it. So now he says, but we all, with unveiled, unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are transformed. And he says, he, we're transformed into his image. And it's from glory to glory. Now, uh, to digress for a moment, when you think of the Lord Almighty, of like, who is he? The Bible says God is love. Not that he loves only. He is love. So he is passionate about love for us. And so when we are in the realm of praise and entering in, and the Shekinah begins to fall, and we begin to see the glory of the Lord, and the same burning fire that was on the ark, in the ark, in the Holy of Holies, now this becomes like the Holy of Holies. The Shekinah is here. But the Bible says that when you're in this kind of an atmosphere and there is a release of the presence of God, he says that you can't stay, you can't stay there and be the same. And what happens is this burning fire of passion and the love of the Lord begins to burn out the things that are in us because God is a consuming fire. He's not trying to devour and destroy us, but his passionate love is so great that when he comes and he demonstrates his glory, what he's doing is he's saying, there is gonna be such of the fire of the Spirit of God that was in the Holy of Holies, and it's gonna come in, and it's gonna begin to burn, and it's gonna burn from the inside out. And probably, thank you, two people over here. And probably what is in many of us, what is in many of us, most of us aren't on drugs, and most of us are not unfaithful to our mate, but what, what I have found in most believers is that we actually have this inward doubt, and we have this thing that God did it, and God can do it, and we never come to a point of saying, I know that God can, and I know he did, but what I want to know is, will he do it now? And you never are able to say he'll do it now until you have the burning out of the thing that he can. Because you can read the Bible, and you can talk about the miracles, and you can talk about what Jesus did. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are they in there? Is it to say, he did it, he did it, he did it? It's there to, to stimulate our faith. That's it. So that we begin to believe not only he did, not only he can, but by grace, God's grace, he will do it again now. When we begin to expect 
in every meeting that we have, every home meeting, we're going to eat. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have community. We're going to have a great time. But let us never have community all over the city and believe that it ends there. But let us believe that whatever it is, that we have the confidence that he can do it again and he will do it and that we are believing together and when we believe together and we are praising God, all of heaven comes down and the miracles happen. And I'm believing he will do it again on Wednesday night. I'm believing that when Tamron Clintworth comes, a lady who studied to be a lawyer, but happened to go to a meeting in Africa, and when she was in that meeting with Reinhard Bonnke, the Lord says, you'll be doing that same thing, and she's in Africa having miracles, and I got a stack of them here, just crazy things happening by the power of God. I'm believing on Wednesday night that the whole church will come, the youth will be together, we'll have the children's ministry, but I'm believing that we will get people who are sick, the, the blind, the, the deaf, and we're going to believe that we're coming expecting that there will be healings, miracles. The mother, the woman that has infertility that we will declare, and I declared that in the first service, you will have a boy, you will have a girl, you will have a child. Doctor may say it can't happen. Well, it's probably right in the natural, but we have a great physician, and he can do it. He can do what we can't do. I'm believing that we'll fast on Wednesday and we'll come in here with expectation that God is going to do new thing in our church, that we are in a new season. It is a new beginning and that he will do the miraculous. He will cause things to happen you never thought possible that the blind eye will see, that the lame will walk, that the deaf will hear, and I declare in this church that we not only believe he did, we not only believe he can, but believe he will. And the time is now. And Jesus, the high priest, is here in this meeting. And he's going to heal right now. He's going to heal the sick. He's going to take people who were abused in their minds. And they keep thinking about the things that happened. Look, Jesus can heal a mind. Jesus can heal a heart where your husband ran off, your wife ran off. And you still can't get over what happened. And you're broken. Well... Jesus is able. And in a moment when the glory of God has descended upon us, 
things can happen. Hearts can be made right. I believe that a marriage that is over, that somehow God can bring it back together when two hearts are changed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In a moment, we're going to just worship, open our hearts, praise God, and we're going to expect that God is going to show up. There's something about when we lift our hands and we just begin to say that we love him, we praise him, and we put our praise over our problems. And we begin to say, our God is holy. He is magnificent. He is eternal. He is Jehovah Jireh. I'm believing that he's going to give job promotions. I believe he's going to open doors when it doesn't seem possible. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And we worship him for he is worthy of all of our worship. Hallelujah. Let's invite him in the final moments of this meeting. Let's invite him to come and meet with us. Hallelujah.
Our Father, you know of every need and every heart in this room. You know those who have been broken by life, broken by bad decisions, and things happening in families and children. And Lord, who, who better able to touch us? Who better able to literally put your hand on our hearts and heal us? Would you remind those who somehow got on the wrong path that there's hope for a new path, that our mistakes don't define who we are or our future? Would you show us the magnitude of your grace and your passionate love for us, that you love us more than we can ever understand? And Lord, I ask now for so many that are watching, so many that are here that have broken hearts. And I ask, Lord, that you would heal. I feel the Lord, Lord wants to heal broken hearts. If that's you, you just put up a hand and by faith receive it. And I feel like something is happening in the healing of our thoughts, our memories. If you need that healing, put your hands on your, on your head, your forehead, and we're declaring the glory of the Lord. Then there's several here, you're very sad because you've lost a loved one, a marriage, something you held dear, a child. And the Lord would say, I am healing you, and you're not going to grieve. You're going to be healed and whole, and the Lord touches you right now, the high priest, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Sweep over this people. Sweep over this congregation. Let the down get up. Let the sick be healed. Let the depressed walk out of here with joy. Let those that have a spirit of heaviness over them, let it be lifted now in the name of Jesus. Let depression lift in the name of Jesus. I come against homes where there's a spirit of depression in that family, in that house. When they open the door, there's sadness. We speak against home sadness in the name of Jesus. We come against it in the name of Jesus. And we declare our kids that are wayward come back. We declare the negativity in our families ends today in the name of Jesus. We declare that we have the assurance of faith. And we declare that you are here in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We rise up. We rise up in Jesus' name. And we declare that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We thank you that your promises are yes and amen. We thank you that we're standing not on our circumstance. We're standing on what God says. And we're not going down. And we're not going to die of some kind of disease in the name of Jesus. I break every fear in the name of Jesus. And we declare it, hallelujah, that you will do it again. You will do it again. You will do it again. 
You would do it again. You will do it again. You will do it again. You will do it again. Now begin to shout. I promise. You know, uh, 
We never end our, our meeting without giving people an opportunity to be forgiven of sins. We all know from personal experience that when we go our own way, we do the wrong things. And there is an enemy, and the evil one then wraps around us guilt, condemnation, and shame. God doesn't send those three things. And he does that as an insulation that we will stay on his team and follow his path. And then Jesus says, look, I went to the cross and I was thinking of you. And even though you've messed up your life, and we all have before Jesus, that on the cross, supernaturally, his blood was shed, his life was given, he... He, in essence, pardoned us, not based on something we did or our performance. And so his grace is amazing, and he just, he beckons us. He says, you made those mistakes? Come on, I'll give you grace and mercy. And we come, we just give him our lives. And I think there are going to be a lot of people in a minute just lift their hand and say, it's me. And actually... You do it in faith. You look at that cross and you say, that's Jesus. And you just lift your hand and say, I'm going to do it. And it's faith that makes you come to Christ. Strictly you believe it. And it's true. And all of us could tell you our stories of where we came from and who we were. But we got out of the wrapping of the enemy of guilt and condemnation and shame and the way you get out of that is you tell him goodbye pal I'm not following you because I'm miserable so I'm going to count to three like one two three and when I do if that's you say hey I'm getting out I'm gonna, I want to be forgiven no cost free gift you raise your hand in faith from the balcony all the way down. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Throw your hand up. Say for me. Yes. Put it up. Put it up over there. Yeah. Put it up. Put it up. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Now I'm going to ask. We're going to ask all of you that raised your hand just to walk down the aisle and stand here with friends. Make an open declaration. We'll have a two-minute prayer with you. Yeah, come right over here. Come on, come on. Get out. Come right now. From the balcony, walk around. Come to Jesus. Come on, come to Jesus. Yeah, that's it. Come on, do it. Come on, do it.
you that are watching in another city, another nation, or down the street here, you can do it right where you are. Maybe you didn't, you didn't uh, walk down here, but you can pray the prayer if it's just a whisper where you are. And so we're going to pray this prayer, and then Pastor Dave will take you to the side for some material. Uh, but we believe that great things are going to happen right now. So anybody else needs any backsliders here that need to stop backsliding and come to Christ? Well, you pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, Jesus I, put I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. On the cross. I, confess I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and, from the dead and he's alive. And he's alive. I, turn I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I of my sin. And I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart and give me your grace and the gift of righteousness and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, you're in the family. God bless you. Come on, let's give the, give the Lord praise.